There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, 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 coming down from the gallows and I don't have Welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lance Williams. How is it going tonight, Lance? I'm doing fantastic. Joy, a.k.a. One Fit Dad, you sound a little tired today. What's up? You want to you talk well, to me? Hey, it's, it's been a it's it's been a long day here in the uh the Hartman household. Uh just got home. I had literally started the show about thirty seconds before it started. Still a little frazzled, you know, but what the heck. Let's get this thing underway, shall we? Got a lot of Steelers football to talk about. What do you got first for us, Lance? Listeners, you know what makes this show great is that we prepare very little and we just have <laughs> a nice rapport. I mean that's what makes it so great. We we prepare little, but we still are knowledgeable enough. It still sounds good. You know, a little sometimes a little yeah. uh, flash, you know, over substance. But we got an exciting show for you, listeners. Want to jump into some things? Want to talk about the Villa the way the contract, the two contract, camp stuff, uh, the CTE study that came out recently, and we're going to throw in a new segment this year. It's called the WTF segment, and it means exactly what you think it is, WTF. We don't have to say what it means. You want, you know what it means. And that's a segment where Jeff and I pick a topic and we do a rant on it. But let's jump into the building the ways of contract. And, Jeff, before I want to get your comments on it, I want to give you a shout-out by doing my best Miles Davis impression. <laughs> That's me blowing the trumpet and blowing our show's own horn because <laughs> humility sucks. 
you know, being humble sucks. Let's just toot our own horn. Jeff, you tagged it. You called it exactly, and it happened. Villanueva, Alejandro has a new contract. Speak on it, Jeff. What? How are you able to deduce that so much better than all the other talking heads out here? Um, well, the, the one thing that they kept that stuck in the back of my mind was the fact that when all the regular rules of contract negotiations told him that he should have sat out all the off-season workouts, what did he do? He went out and he bought a policy, said that if he got injured, he'd be covered, and he still kept coming. It's just not in his DNA to, to not be there with his teammates. This is a military guy. He, this is a guy that had two tours in Afghanistan. He's not going to leave people out to dry. He wants what's fair, and I think he made that very clear the, all, all the entire offseason. But he's just not one that's going to turn his back on anyone, let alone a team that, let's be honest, when they picked this guy up, he was a de facto dump off from the Philadelphia Eagles to all reports states that the Eagles only picked him up as a potential D defensive end as a publicity stunt. And then after he left, they cut him. And Pittsburgh says, let's see if he can play tackle. And then the wizard that is Mike Munchak turns him into the starting left tackle, and he just gets a big new contract. But I knew he wouldn't show up unless there was a deal on the cusp. Like there's only a few minute details or – he just has to sign on the dotted line, and that's exactly what happened. David DeCastro even hinted to the media when he reported that Villanueva is there, and there's something about that. There's something about to happen. So there was kind of that feeling that it was already going to happen. But it just he he defies the Le'Veon Bell logic of contract negotiations. But it's not just Le'Veon Bell; it's every NFL player that's trying to make a big paycheck for themselves. He just does it. He just did it different. He showed up. He showed that the team meant something to him and that he was going to put the team first, and the team took care of him. They didn't have to. They had two more years in control over him, and they could have said, you know what, 670000 a heck of a lot better than in the millions, but they didn't, and that's the way it worked out. So I just had that hunch. Um, what do you think about the whole contract situation uh, with him? I agreed with you at the time, and it made sense for all the points that you made. And the contract in and of itself, let me get your thoughts on the actual contract numbers, four years, $24 million, average of $6 million per about 21st in the NFL. Do you think that's about right for the number? Here are some guys ahead of him in terms of average per year, in terms of the contract average value, Donald Penn, and I'm sure Donald Penn is going to get a much better deal. He's a much better player. Jared Belvere, Joe Staley, Kelvin Beecham, ironically, his contract, he averages $8 million per year, Dwayne Brown. Jason Peters, Brandon Albert, Nate Solder, and some others. Where do you think he ranks in the list of left tackles in the National Football League? And do you think he's being fairly compensated for wherever you place him in terms of your ranking? I actually like the deal for both sides because, let's be honest, in my opinion, Villanueva is still a very unproven player. And the regular talking head, black and gold glasses, fan out there is going to say, what are you talking about? He's played for two years. Yeah, but that's only two years. Some of those names that you just mentioned were guys that have been in the league for a lot longer that have been proven commodities. Villanueva, there's nothing to say that after two years of tape, pass rushers all of a sudden are going to be able to find a weakness in the game, and we've seen that weakness. Go back to 2015 at Arrowhead, when Landry Jones had to start against the Kansas City Chiefs and he was absolutely abused 
by Tomba Ali. And, and, and Tomba Ali's done that to a lot of people, but Villanueva looks rough. Now, he's improved a lot, and a lot of that can be his work ethic and the Mike Munchak. But with that said, I thought it was a good deal. I thought that it was he's a middle-of-the-road tackle. He got paid as a middle-of-the-road tackle. It was a team-friendly deal, and now they have enough money, in my opinion, that they should be able to get Stefan Tua locked up by week one of the regular season. What were your thoughts? Do you think he's middle of the road? Do you think he's a little bit above that, a little bit below? Did you like the deal? And do you think the Steelers are going to get Stefan Tua? I think that's what we all agree, who they're going to go after if they're going to try to sign someone else by week one. There's no better place to watch football with friends than Buffalo Wild Wings. They've got all the games on wall-to-wall TVs and a new $5 game day menu with 38-ounce pitchers of Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light, cheeseburgers and brats, and select cocktails. And every Sunday, you can play an exclusive fantasy football game with DraftKings with prizes like free wings for a year. Get to Buffalo Wild Wings for our $5 game day deals. When football is on, you have to be here. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Price and participation vary. Subject to Restrictions, limited time only. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. It's interesting that you talk about Stefan Tua's deal because we're going to talk about that next. But I think he probably is in the 20s in terms of a left tackle. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people will probably disagree with. I honestly think the left tackle position might be the most overrated position in the National Football League because you hear it over and over and over in all these shows. You get the book in left tackle, he'll play for you for 12 to 14, 15, 15 whatever. Look, you can protect all offensive linemen with offensive scheme. If guys don't have to block for a long time and you get the ball out, you can protect them. We saw Peyton Manning do it for guys for years. We've seen Tom Brady do it for years. And we've seen Ben Roethlisberger later on in his career at this point when he's not holding onto the ball like he used to protect offensive linemen. I think he's a solid player. He's not a franchise left tackle, whatever that may be. I mean, he's nowhere close to a Donald Penn. I mean, he's nowhere close, in my opinion, to a Joe Thomas, a Whitworth, uh, a Nate Solder, a Brandon Albert. Uh, So I think the deal is reasonable. The offensive line clearly plays well together as a unit. And it was great to bring this guy back into the fold. Plus, it's a deal that you can get away from if he doesn't improve. It doesn't really hurt you. Now, speaking to the Stephon Tua deal, and we talked earlier in the week, and you guys out there that own homes, you understand the concept of comps. When you buy a home, you get a comp. 
You look for a home that's comparable to the home that you want to buy to sort of get a price as to what that house is going to be, what the value of the house is going to be in the market. Who's the comp for Stephon to it? Let me give you some names, Jeff, of some three, four defensive ends. Muhammad Wilkerson, J.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, Corey Leggett, Mike Daniels, Derek Wolf, Jarrell Casey, J.D. On Clowney, Joey Bosa, Leonard Williams. First of all, where do you rank Stephon to it amongst three, four defensive ends, and who's his comp? So if the Steelers are going to formulate a deal for him and create a structure for a deal, who's the comparison player, in your opinion, you think they're looking at? And to be honest, you just named off those guys. There are some really good players you just named uh, in that defensive end pool, and not all those teams play the, the same style of defense as Pittsburgh, and the 3-4 defense is, is very flexible these days. Pittsburgh doesn't run it that much. We know that, but I would say that if I'm going to look for a comp for Stefan Tuitt, it's the guy that stands two guys over from him, Cameron Hayward. Um, not only is that an in-house comparison, but it's also a good contract comparison. Cam Hayward was, was paid well. He was paid uh, as a first-round draft pick. Now, Stephon Tuitt is not. He's a second-round draft pick. He fell to the second day because of that foot injury uh, that he had right before the combine and so forth. But I think that if you gave him, and you might be able to give him a little bit more, just because contracts change, other people drive the price up. Um, I think that if you give him just a tad bit more than Cameron Hayward, he should take that money and be happy because, let's be honest, Stephon Tewitt has been good, but he has not been at the caliber of the players that you just named. Um, this is not as dynamic, and, and he's, he's, kind of a, he's kind of a mutter. He said he wants double-digit sacks this year. I think that's very lofty for his position in the Steelers' defense. But with Cameron Hayward on the other side, he could put up some numbers. But that's my comparison. I say Cameron Hayward. I think that's just a good – lateral move for the Steelers that they'd be able to take a look and see, okay, here's what we can do, here's what we can work it out. That said, what do you think? Let me give you Cameron Hayward's contract numbers. So his total value of his contract is about $53 million. His average is about $10.5 million with $16 million in guarantees and you know, 31% of it is guaranteed. Do you think his contract will look like that? Because when you look at averages, Cameron Hayward in terms of three, four defensive ends is third in the National Football League in average value per year behind J.J. Watt and Muhammad Wilkerson. So if you pay to it the type of money that Hayward is getting, you're saying in terms of average value per contract, you're paying him elite contract money. I think Stephon Tewitt is a solid player. I don't think he's an elite player. I think when you put him and Wreck-It Ralph, Cam Hayward together, you know, they form like the Wonder Twins and you get the best impact from both of them together. So you're thinking, you know, you still thinking that, you know, you want to make your total value of this contract that much? Or you know, you bring it down a touch. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with, with the numbers, and, and I get that. I just think that it just seems like every 
every year, every contract, it always gets ramped up a notch, whether it's the wide receiver position, the quarterback position. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, isn't Derek Carr like the highest paid player now in the National Football League, which is kind of funny to me. But um, nonetheless, I would say that you can even match it. I don't think he would complain with that deal. But nonetheless, I, that's that's my personal opinion. Um, if he if they kind of lowball him a little bit, he could always hold out. He could say no, thank you, and he can obviously say, "I'm going to go out and prove you all what I'm really worth this year." And whether that happens or not, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, for for once, here's the crazy thing: for once, the Steelers actually have some space to work with. You know, they, they could actually throw some money into it, and they could even front load it. They could give him a nice big first year bonus, or they're going to give him a contract extension. It's not going to be a brand new deal from this year forward. Um, they could give him a good, solid deal, and it could keep him in Pittsburgh for a while. And, you know, the Steelers are smart. Look at that lot. The Villanueva contract. They back load, They front-loaded a little bit, so if they have to cut him in the later portion, it's not going to be that big a deal. Uh, you obviously sound like you disagree that he's not worth Cameron Hayward money. What would you pay him, and how much less than Hayward would you pay him? It's going to be very interesting. I think the contract to watch, if it happens, will be – what happens with Aaron Donald? I mean, Aaron Donald is a guy that could potentially break the bank and really kind of explode with three, four defensive ends. I mean, I, I think he's more of, you know, I don't know if he's as good as Leonard Williams. You know, in terms of averages, I could see somewhere around, you know, in the $8 million range in terms of averages, I don't think he's a better player than Cam Hayward. I think he's younger. I think that's going to help him. But being a second rounder is not going to help him, I think, in terms of the negotiations. I think it's tricky where you pay to it, given the Hayward contract, because Hayward is so well compensated. So I'm going to say it's going to be a notch below Hayward's um, you know, in that $8 million per year kind of average. But I want to jump away from contract talk, and I want to jump into some actual football talk. And, listeners, if you're not well aware, Jeff does a fantastic job of covering camp and the camp confidential on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Jeff, why don't you let us know what's going on in camp, some things that you've covered, some things that have jumped out, specifically – uh, what players have jumped out, and speak to some of the issues with a lot of the bumps and bruises from an injury perspective that have been going on in the first few days of camp. Well, there's been a lot of news since we last talked, Lance, on the show. Um, uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not there. Uh, from a bumps and bruises standpoint, the notable injuries uh, have been James Conner, who suffered a left shoulder injury. He had to go to Pittsburgh. That was, I believe, on Tuesday, their day off. He went to Pittsburgh to get it examined, came back, and found out today from Mike Thomas is an AC sprain. They're looking at him to be out days, not weeks. That's good news for the rookie running back. Should be fine. Senquez Golson, who seemingly cannot get out of the tub. You know, we talked last week about you can't make the club from the tub. Uh, he can't get out of the tub because he pulled a hamstring, and it was so bad but not only was he carted off the field, but he had to get his hamstring evaluated in Pittsburgh, and they're saying that it's a soft tissue injury. I use that term loosely. And he has no idea when they're going to be back. He said it's not going to be like last year or the other injuries he had, that he should be back on the field. 
Uh, for for me personally, I hope he gets back because I just want to see the guy play. If he doesn't make the team, he doesn't make the team. But I want to see him get an actual shot at playing. I was really high on this guy when he came out of Ole Miss. But nonetheless, that's a notable injury. Um, I would say that in terms of who's surprising and who is maybe disappointing a little bit, um, the surprises or the people that have been standing out on offense, it has to be Justin Hunter, the, the free agent wide receiver who played for Buffalo last year, Tennessee pre- previously uh, to Buffalo. He has been Ben Roethlisberger's maybe his favorite target outside of Antonio Brown, and he's been lighting it up. He's been a great red zone target for him. They seem to be building a great rapport. Roethlisberger spoke to the media today and talked about how he really likes what he is providing. He said, I know it's early, but I really, really like what I see from this kid. So, hey, keep an eye on him. That wide receiver race is not going to get any easier, and Justin Hunter might be pulling away from some of these other players. Speaking of receivers, Heinz Ward was in camp today. He started his coaching internship at Latrobe. And he was really interested in Juju Smith-Schuster, who had his first padded practice today, and that's on Wednesday. And they did the Oklahoma drill, wide receivers and tight ends, and some wide receivers and linebackers. And Juju Smith-Schuster held his own. He's a young kid, and Nathan Hines Ward was getting in his face, was teaching him how to do it, because let's be honest, has there ever been a better blocking wide receiver than Hines Ward, at least not in Steelers history? So that's kind of on the offensive side. Juju Smith-Schuster made some good catches today as well. On a defensive side, the surprise is uh, T.J. Watt. Everything you read about this guy or you see videos of, he is living up to the billing. And most recently, what was impressive, he kind of got nicked up a little bit at the end of practice today. But they were running some linebackers on tight ends and wide receivers in space. We're talking coverage drills here. And they said he was hanging with the majority of the wide receivers. He's athletic. He's everything that I talked about last week, Lance, when we talked about how can you utilize his athleticism. He was such a combine freak that you would be foolish not to put him on the field. That's where he excelled. He will be able to run with tight ends like Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, those types of players. And then he's going to be able to cover wide receivers even in the slot. No more will, hopefully, no more will Julian Edelman just be able to run rampant and on Lawrence Timmons because Timmons just simply wasn't fast enough. So T.J. Watt could be filling in some of those sub-packages. He has been impressive, and they've every, every bit of a first-round solid draft pick for the Steelers. Other than that, uh, the defense as a whole has been very good, but Artie Burns, everyone's talking about Artie Burns. He's been going head-to-head with Antonio Brown every yeah, step of the way. Yeah. And Antonio Brown, has got, Antonio Brown has gotten his. He's going to get his. I mean, look at his highlight reel. He gets his on almost every single guy that lines up across him every Sunday, Thursday, or Saturday. And so Artie Burns, in my opinion, you go up against the best receiver in the game every single day. Well, next thing you know, when you're lined up against someone like uh, Brashad Perriman, it's not going to be that – it's not going to be that tough. It's going to feel easy uh, because it's, you're so used to how shifty he is, how good he is in and out of his breaks. He's getting better. They're saying that he looks a million times more polished than he did last year. He's tall. He's long. Uh, he has better ball skills. They say he's compared to Mike Taylor, but I think he has a lot better ball skills than Mike Taylor. And um, also, he's also better. I heard one in there, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave, they said that he's been looking really good. His pass rush moves are Aaron Donald-like. I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that he's the next Aaron Donald, but <laughs> his pass rush moves are Aaron Donald-like. That's good news, man. Those two players, and you throw in Sean Davis, those are those three rookies that started last year. If they can take a big step forward, it's going to be a huge step for the defense. 
Um, in terms of disappointments, I, I'm trying to think um, of offense or defensively. Um, you know, Scott Lindoff, who's a free agent, uh, one drafted rookie free agent, got released today, injured. They picked up some other guy. It's a camp body. Okay, they're not going to be worried about that. And uh, uh, disappointments, uh, there's really nobody. I mean, let's be honest, Lance. I mean, we talked about camp battles last, last week, and everything we talked about was basically positions. There's a battle between the, the fifth cornerback and the fifth and sixth wide receivers. So their roster is pretty much set. I mean, people are complaining about Joshua Dobbs. He's going to take time. He's a shotgun quarterback from the SEC. It's not going to happen overnight. No one's expecting him to be the number two quarterback as long as he's progressing, which he has been. So I guess it's long and short of it. That's my camp wrap-up for the week. It's been exciting. They've had, they've had the pads on the last three days. They've been hitting. It's been physical. You know how Tomlin likes to run things. So uh, we'll be, it'll be interesting to how, how that plays out. They don't have a preseason game until the 11th, I believe, so uh, they have some time. Um, anything stand out to you from what you've read or heard about training camp, Lance? I mean, the thing that stands out to me was the Artie Burns against Antonio Brown, and it stood out for two reasons. One, that he seems to be faring well in his competition against Antonio Brown. Two, it shows me that they are starting to try to incorporate more man coverage, like they said. And in the program that we had after the AFC Championship, we flat out said that the Steelers have a Patriots problem. And part of recognizing a problem is recognizing you have a problem. And they realize that they have to be more versatile in their coverages. And I like the fact that Burns is traveling with the number one ride receiver. You can man number one guys up, zone other guys, play different combination coverages. So I'm glad that that wound that Tom Brady put on him was sufficient enough to make them go back to the drawing board and try to reassess how they want to implement this defense. But, Jeff, let me, let me throw it out there to you, Jeff. You use the term camp body. We got to be unique, Jeff. We got to stand out. I'm just thinking to myself, after uh, you know, a very popular food chain, grocery food chain out here in California, so instead of calling guys camp bodies, can we just call them Whole Foods? Can we just Whole call food. them groceries? <laughs> Whole Foods, that's fine. Uh, Kroger, that's fine. I don't know what you guys have. Got to, you guys got Giant Eagle, Giant Eagle number no, one. Well, Kroger's number Giant one. Giant Eagle, yeah, yeah. Kroger, Kroger's, they're all over here. Food line. I don't know if you know what that is, uh, but yeah, they're they're they're, they're one in a million. So it's basically the same thing. <laughs> Actually, or we could just call them UPS. Either or. <laughs> Yes, and that's what's been going on with the camp, man. So it's great to hear that these guys are doing fantastic camps. You said it best, Jeff. I mean, this is a season with the AFC Championship. The the roster is pretty much set. The biggest thing in training camp is injury. That's the thing that you always have to keep your eye on because just like in a golf tournament, you can lose your season you know, in camp, just like guys can blow a tournament in the first round. Just look at the Ravens. Look at all the injuries that the Ravens have had, even prior to the oh fact God. that they got to training camp. I mean, they're decimated already. I mean, I don't, I don't hope for anyone to get injured, but it just makes it a little bit easier for the Steelers to win a division. And I'm not going to argue. I think that's a good thing. Before we jump into 
our WTF segment, the last segment of the show. And, Jeff, because you're so physically fit, and, guys, you need to check out One Fit Dad on Instagram. Jeff is Cop Diesel. <laughs> Jeff does some Cop Diesel stuff on his Instagram page. I mean, he, hey, you know, I, I, I'm probably making Jeff blush, but, but Jeff is doing his same thing. I mean, Jeff, you know, Jeff is, you know, pound for pound, you know, Jeff, you know, Jeff got it going on on Instagram. Um, but I wanted to, to ask you, you about the CTE study. There was a study that came out in the yeah. last few weeks that talked about CTE and the percentage of players that are going to get CTE. And essentially it kind of alluded to the fact that CTE is essentially almost inevitable for players. I mean, do you think that's going to impact the longevity of players and how long players want to play? You know, Martellus Bryant came out and said, it's football, I love it, but it ain't worth dying for this SHIT. You know, what do you think the impact of these type of studies are going to have on players moving forward? Uh, well, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have come out, and you hear the experts and you hear the, the talking heads say all the time, all the media pundits, that this could be the beginning of the end for, the, for, for tackle football and the National Football League. And I always laugh at that because I always say the money trumps everything, and that's the, how much the players are paid and how much the, the NFL is making. This is the first study, though, that you have seen an immediate, an immediate change in the players. I mean, once that study was released, you had, I forget his name, but the tackle, I'm sorry, the center from the Ravens, who's probably the smartest guy in the league. I think he uh, graduated from MIT or something. You might know his name. Retired immediately. Other guys took days off because they needed to figure out whether they wanted to continue to play. Uh, the guy that was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars retired. It, it's because of the CTE thing. Uh, this is the first study that me personally, I have felt, could really impact the game. Um, ben Roethlisberger talked about this at, at training camp, about how, yeah, that does factor into him because he's been hit a lot. He's had concussions already. And if all of a sudden you've just had the, the brains of I don't know how many players, I want to say it's a little over 100, and – I don't know, it was close to like 90% of those brains came back with CTE in it. It's almost inevitable that if you've got a concussion because of football and you played the game long enough, you are going to have this. It's just whether or not it decimates your brain or not, I guess. So there's still a lot to learn about that as a disease or as an ailment. But at the same time, I think this is going to impact players. And it's not just going to impact players now. Lance, it's going to impact players that are beginning to play the game. Think about that. Think about parents that are saying, you know what, I don't want my son to have this. So instead of playing football, we're going to go play basketball, we're going to play baseball, we're going to play soccer even because we know it's safer and we know that it's not going to lead to further injury down the road. I do think this is going to impact the game. I think the NFL has a huge problem on their hands, and how they handle this cannot be, well, we're going to change some rules. I don't know what they can do. I haven't even thought about it that much, but something's going to have to be done because, honestly, I read some of that report. It's frightening. What are your thoughts? I think you're on to something. The only thing I, I, I would differ, and one of the NFL's biggest problems is that they have a commissioner who said that falling off of a couch is about as dangerous as playing football. So that doesn't help. Yeah. The other thing is what you said, 
your first point. Folks like filet mignon better than hamburger. And we see people make stupid decisions pertaining to their health every day for money. Right? People put themselves in harm's way for the almighty dollar, and guys are going to continue to do it because of all of the trappings that come with it, the money, the women, the fame, the accolades, the legend, the allure, the ego stroking, all of that will continue to be a honeypot for guys to play. But I'm glad we're talking about this. And this is called a segue into business, listeners. Because this leads into my first point in the WTF section. Now, I don't want people to take this wrong because I'm sensitive to CTE, its impact, and its effect on players. But when I hear Ben Roethlisberger consistently talk about it the last two years, I don't know if I'm going to play this year or next year. You know, me and my wife have had these conversations. I don't want to sound cold, but it's going to come off cold. You know how they always say, once you say but, the next thing afterwards. It's either suit up and shut up. Once you commit to playing, you've got to just play. We get what the risks are. You know what the risks are as players more than we do. And the cool thing about it, and maybe this is just really chilly, I think a majority of fans really don't care. We probably give some lip service to it, but we want our heroes, our guys, our team, we want those guys on the field paying the physical sacrifice that we want. Why? They're getting paid ample amounts of money to do so. So if you're going to play, play. Leave those conversations about your health between you and your family, and that's where they should be held because a majority of us probably just don't care. My other thing I wanted to chime in on in terms of my WTF segment, in terms of the segment and things I wanted to talk about, ESPN absolutely sucks. First of all, they follow LeVar Ball too much. That's one. ESPN sucks. Come to us to get your news or BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with some of our other friends like Jim Wexel who do a fantastic job. This was the headline for one of the articles on ESPN. Steelers O-line holds the key, excuse me, holds the key to Big Ben's future. Duh. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, <laughs> really? Like, come on, man. Like, like I read it like a, and me like a dumb lemming. I looked into the article to see if it was, if it was going to be, Jeff, I wasted my time. That was the, that was the headline. His own line holds the key to Big Ben's future. Yes. Well, you the know, sports leader, wow. ESPN. Wow. 
There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. And if you were watching, if you're reading that online, you probably had a pop-up window that said, breaking news, water is wet, and the sky is blue. That's my guess. Am I right? (laughs) That was probably next. What are your WTF, Jeff? What are Uh, your WTF? I've got two. I've I've got two. I've got two. The first one is Steelers-related. The second one is not. The first one is about Martavis Bryant. I'm not bashing Martavis Bryant, although I did say last week that he and Ben Roethlisberger need to talk and then shut the hell up about it, which they did. I'm glad. We can all move on with our lives. But here's my thing. What is the NFL doing with Martavis Bryant? My goodness. In the offseason, we're talking mandatory minicamp. When he, when, he, when he was reinstated conditionally, I used air quotes there, when he was reinstated, everyone said, okay, he's going to be back. He'll be fine. And he spoke openly about what he has to do every single week. He's got to take multiple drug tests every week. He has to go see a counselor X amount of times a week. He has to check in with another person multiple times a week. And so far, he has done all of that to get conditionally reinstated. What are they waiting on? It's the football season. Training camp has started. You would think that if a guy has done enough to go from a year-long suspension to being welcomed back into his team facility, team meetings, being around players and coaches, that it would be enough to let him practice. I don't understand what the NFL is doing. They drag their feet on this stuff so much. They are the biggest hypocrites in the sports world today. I cannot stand it. And I feel bad for him because it's just like uh, Ben Roethlisberger told the media today. The guy's done everything the league's asked him to do. What else can he do? He's going to still go out and do it because he wants to play football let the guy go out there. If he's going to make a mistake, he's going to make a mistake. What does it matter if he practices or plays in a game, a preseason game, if he doesn't do one of the 15 things he has to do every week, then he's going to get suspended for another year. So what? I don't understand the leash personally. So in my opinion, WTF NFL, either crap or get off the pot. That's what I was told a lot as a kid. So you know what? Either let him play or suspend him again because I don't know what you're waiting on. Now, that's number one. Number two, WTF moment. I don't know if you saw this, Lance. I covered it on the website just because of the turd that it was about, and that is none other than the Cincinnati Bengals' upstanding citizen that we also call Vontez Burfecht. Did you happen to see or hear about what he did at practice yesterday to Giovanni Bernard? Yes or no? I, I did not. I try not to keep up okay. with Vontez news. Okay, well, I couldn't help it because it was covered nationally. I have to follow Twitter for the website, yada, yada, yada. So Giovanni Bernard tears his ACL in November of last year. He has a surgically repaired. He comes back. He's been practicing four times, his first padded practice. They are running a non-tackling drill, Lance. You just wrap up, no tackling. They run the ball right up the gut to Giovanni Bernard, who shoots the hole and tackles him low. Vontez Burfecht. I am not joking you. There is video of this. You can go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and watch this. This guy, and then you know, the running back coach came running in 
and he said a couple of salty words towards Burfick. Burfick reportedly shoved him, and then a scuffle ensued. Later in the practice, Tyler Eifert, you know, all this stuff. This guy is the biggest turd in the NFL, and I say turd because that's about as lowly as I can get without, you know, we try to keep this show clean. I just cannot understand how the Cincinnati Bengals continue to put up with this guy. Look at the New England Patriots. Julian Edelman, he caused a fight in, in training camp the same day. What happened? He got kicked out of practice. Belichick said, I'm not putting up with it. Get out. Montez Burford did not miss a snap. Marvin Lewis is a joke. That whole organization is a joke. They're never going to win because they're nothing but jokes. WTF Bengals, I say that because you employ Vontez Burfecht, the biggest turd in the National Football League. Those are my two for this uh, this week, Lance. I'm I'm kind of exhausted after that. <laughs> Before we get out of here, listeners, Jeff, I have to reprimand you slightly. We don't say that word you said. We say bungles. We oh, have to yeah. Make sure my apologies. My apologies. <laughs> we, we have to make sure we refer to them as the bungles. They haven't earned that other name yet. You know, they always will be that is true. forever Myron Pope coined the Bungles. But before we get out of here, Jeff, let the listeners know what you got on deck for the website, some exciting things that they might want to look at and read for this week. Absolutely. Before I do that, let me talk about our sponsor. The show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia, home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. In his Pennsylvania office, you can call him, 412-212-3878, or you can check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com. Coming up on the website this week, more training training camp news. Tomorrow we're going to run a very detailed breakdown of that Villanueva contract, the numbers, the salary cap remaining, what the team might do, specific rollover numbers. All that stuff is going to be broken down for you, as well as injury updates, camp updates. We're going to have live trackers for you if you want to follow camp practice along um, coming up this Friday will be the uh, Friday night lights practice where they head over to Latrobe High School and they practice under the lights in front of the fans. So that should be good times. But, hey, if you're not checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, not just once, twice, but maybe even three times, we're updating it all day. The best features, in my opinion, the best writers that aren't beat writers that are allowed to be at the facility on the Internet. So make sure you check that out. Lance, go ahead and send us off, buddy. Listeners, you heard it. Get your news from behind the steel curtain. Everything's going good well with the Steelers, no major injuries, and that's what we're looking for this time of the year. But, Jeff, as always, thank you for chiming in, listeners. Thank you for listening and giving us your attention. There are a zillion Pittsburgh Steelers shows. We think we're the best because we're the standard, and you know what that is. The standard is the standard. Jeff, I'm out of here. Thank you. Peace. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.